Good afternoon and welcome to the 330 Sports Show. My name is Justin Coffin. Today is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. We're getting good at this. I feel like you know, like very minimal prep and it's like, all right, we're going live. I guess we're ready to go. So how you doing? can throw you off anymore. <laughs> You're just so... Well, there's some things that can throw me off. You 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 usually know how to do that. Oh, of course. So how are you doing I, today? You're groggy? You're tired? What kind of diet are we on right now? Carnivore. Mm. Love meat. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into the show and what we're going to talk about. A lot of football talk. A lot of football talk. So, you know, I could tell this show's mature. I can throw out something like I like meat and you didn't say anything. <laughs> no, I just. And, and, and some just, other shows, it might have gone on a little bit. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. It just goes right over. Right. You know, maybe I'm not even, maybe I'm not quite paying attention either. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just like, I got my list. Here's what we're going with. All right. Sorry so, to interrupt. Go no, ahead. no, no. So we got a lot to talk about. So it was the Hall of Fame weekend yes. for the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Hall of Fame uh, game. Cleveland Goats, Jose Ramirez and Joe Thomas, both on display this weekend. We're going to talk about that. College football expansion. The Big 10 is expanding. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The Pac-12 looks like it's dead. We will talk about that. And then top five Tuesday today, we're going to talk NFL tiers. I broke them into five different categories. Joe and I are going to go over the win totals of each of the five total categories. So we'll get to that in just a moment. So uh, first, back to real quick. Uh, congratulations one more time to the Hall of Fame class of 2023. Rondé Barber, Don Coriel, uh, Chuck Howley, Joe Klecko, Darrell Rivas, Ken Riley, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, and uh, Demarcus Ware. So that is a uh, really nice class that went in. From all accounts, it sounded like a great weekend. Again, you know, right it didn't up the sound street. good, though. What's that? The rendition of the national anthem by oh, someone who cannot sing. It was Demarcus Ware, one I of the know, Hall of Famers. I know. Yeah. It was uh, hopefully if they had the over under, <laughs> you took the over. Not that I could have done any better. So it's no, hard for no. me to even judge because it was so much better right. than me. It's it's like one of those things. Do you ever hear of like, don't make fun of an overweight person going to the gym? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the same thing with the national anthem. Don't make fun of their singing because I know I couldn't oh, do that. Yeah, I would probably puke in front of everyone. Like I would get so nervous. Have you ever sang in front of a group of people before? Yeah, not well, yeah. but yeah. Okay. Like karaoke or well, another? Well, yes, karaoke, but I, I used to do uh, soloing. My 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 voice wasn't are you, all this Are you this screwing deep. with me? No, no. Oh. I, used to, I used to have this high-pitched Mickey Mouse voice that okay. would hit certain notes with, so they also always put me on and do the solo acts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now that I got this deep Yeah, voice, right, right. I don't know if I could. I do just it. don't think I could do it. The, the only time I've got in front of a group and sang, and, and it's been a decent amount of times, has always been with liquid courage at like a yeah. karaoke bar. That's usually my go to, you know. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that in a long time, though. So I don't know. Well, let's talk about someone that was good at what they did, okay. <laughs> Joe Thomas. JT. And I love, I've, you know, this meme always goes around, but Joe Thomas, they, there was a one clip of him and it said, you know, somebody in, in the editing department didn't catch it. The first offensive lineman in NFL history. So, uh, but obviously a, a mistype there. But uh, his speech was really, really great. Did an excellent job. His family did the introduction speech. Um, 
I heard his party, which is again, right up the road at Gervasi, the vineyard there. Um, they rented it out like the lake area. They had an area where you could just go up and get tattoos. You could get permanent jewelry, which is like, basically it's like un with no clasp. Once it's on, it's on. You either have to break it or it's off. And um, obviously, I, I think the drinks were a-flowing. Mm. So it sounded like a good time up in uh, the Canton area and uh, a well-deserved for Joe Thomas. Once again, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. The win-loss total for the Browns was not great, but that was not on Joe Thomas. That was on the, the organization as a whole. But 10,363 consecutive snaps, the longest streak since it was first recorded in 1999, which ironically was the first year the Browns came back. 10-time Pro Bowler, six-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro in his 11 seasons, and, you know, again, the first offensive lineman in NFL history. So thank you, Joe Thomas. Uh, to the game, which actually is kind of cool because the game actually uh, preempts all the, the stuff. So the game isn't actually the main focus, which is kind of neat. Uh, but the Browns mm -hmm. did get that victory, 21 to 16, kind of a sloppy, ugly first half. But overall, uh, the Browns came back, won it. There's a lot to say about preseason games, and we're only going to get into a few things here. But I put, I did my good, the bad, and the ugly here in a minute that we'll go over. But what were your takeaways from the Hall of Fame game? If you watched any, I, of I'm it? with, I'm with you. Um, I don't take a lot out because the not only is your first team not starting nor the I other don't even team barely the second team was right. playing. Yeah. So it matters a lot, not only your skill set, but who you're playing against. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of players that probably look better than they actually are. Sure. Because they were playing around fourth stringers. Right. Right. Um, I, I don't think that our first QB, I can't remember his name, did did very well. I was not very. Oh, uh, it was Kellen Mond. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. So no. I think my my I, Anthony Schwartz, I was really looking forward to. Uh, him showing and turning things First around. First time he touches the ball, Joe, he fumbles. <laughs> it's not, it's almost not funny anymore. It's just like, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. You know, I think he needs a, I think he needs a hug when he gets cut. <laughs> like, so it's okay. coming soon. He's, he's got something on the coaches. Like, he's got to have some blackmail for that player to still be on that roster. You know what the blackmail is? Hey, you drafted me in the third round. <laughs> you don't want to look, make yourself look bad. So, so uh, do we, do we still have Josh Dobbs by the way? Josh Dobbs. Yes. He, he did not as of now is the backup quarterback. Although DTR, who is how I think a lot of people are going to start referring to him. Dorian Thompson Robinson looks like the future backup of the Browns and possibly an asset in the future that you can either trade away or, you know, if Deshaun Watson, God forbid, gets hurt, he could maybe step in and play a few games and and not, you know, but every preseason, we always have somebody that like lights it up on the mm -hmm. first couple games and we put stock in them like after one preseason game. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of watch them fizzle out when, mm -hmm. the, when the fastness of the real season starts. Right. And, th and this game was even like a bonus game. You know, this th this is a way to highlight the NFL, to showcase the, the players that are going into the Hall of Fame. This isn't necessarily um, what this is, is a good audition for, like you said, those third, those four string guys, right. those back of the end roster guys that might have a chance to make it. Maybe they were really good college players who might not make it in the NFL, but you might have some name recognition with some of them. Um, like the Browns guys uh, from UCLA did really well. The Ohio State Buckeyes guys that played for the Browns yeah. did really well. 
Um, so let's let's just go over this and, and sure. you can analyze my list too and see tell me what you think so dorian thompson robinson was the good i thought he excelled yeah. playing the second half at quarterback led them i think his first drive was like a 90 plus yard drive for the browns yes cedric tillman now i heard randy moss say this weekend cedric tillman is the best young wide receiver drafted in the last 15 years mm. now that is high praise for first of all a third round pick but uh by all accounts this guy would have been a first round pick this year if he would not have gotten hurt so the browns might have got a real good steal there um so number 89 for the browns who i have a feeling if he makes the team he's probably going to go get one of those single digit numbers or i think he wore um like a teens number in college so that the he is a future star if uh it you know if all things pan out and things go right for him the, I put in here too, the defensive system, although it was basic, you know, they weren't blitzing, they weren't doing anything fancy. It looks improved. The defense was getting off the field, the jets. And again, you're playing against backups. You're playing against third stringers, but they did a pretty good job overall. You know, they, they held the jets to some long field goal attempts. And I believe only gave up, uh, you know, the one touchdown. So Overall, pretty pretty solid for the defense. Yeah, and, and that defense, like this will be the, going into this, the, the first time that we've seen all of our defensive players on the field without somebody being hurt. Yeah, right. And so if they can figure out a way to not constantly be losing <laughs> people every game, yeah. that'd be really helpful. Well, and, and the nature of the NFL is you are going to lose some guys. That's that's it's just a violent right. sport, and it's it's going to happen. But um, and we'll get to some of the bad here in a minute, but the Cleveland Buckeyes I put on here, Dewan Jones and Luke Whipler, both Ohio State um, offensive linemen. Dewan Jones, the big left tackle or right tackle. Luke Whipler, the center. Dewan Jones played the entire game and held his own. No pressures given up. Luke Whipler, the center, played like something like 30 snaps, didn't give up any pressures. That's pretty good stuff there. And you could see the Browns offense played pretty well in that um when a second coach, half. when coaches do stuff like that is that a statement about a player when they take something where everybody's rotating out of new out of positions but they leave somebody in there to play I, the whole well uh, yes and no um i think yes from a, a statement of the browns didn't have a ton of depth they they were sitting a lot of guys so there wasn't a whole lot of able bodies out ready to go but also they're like this is a big dude. We're going to see if he's in shape. We're okay. going to we're going to test him. The Jets were playing. They played their first round pick this year. They played their first round pick last year at the defensive line spots, and they didn't get a, a whole lot of pressure against him. So overall, I was I was very impressed with him. Okay. So the Browns may have gotten two steals in this draft. It's so early yeah. to talk about it. And again, it's like we want to put some stock but we also don't want to put a whole lot of stock in a preseason game. So we'll see. So when, when they were doing the team rankings at the, like BJ was talking about earlier, yeah. what are they basing that on? I, Draft potential? Well, like, do you mean overall as a whole? Yeah. As like team? when they're, when they're discounting and a record against everybody else, like yeah. what, what are they basing that? Well, on? I think they go off of probably last year's record or a couple year, you know, track record. And we'll get into that with the over-unders okay. in a minute. Yeah. But I think they're basing that based on potential. And then you look at the schedule and what teams were last year, but there's so much turnover in the NFL that a team can go from worst to first in the NFL a lot easier than it can in the NBA or major league baseball. So 
especially because we'll like preseason game one, mm -hmm. half those players that you see on that field aren't even going to be there when their final roster. Sure. So what right. would, you know, are you going to say that this dude who's not even going to be there is going to be part of that offense when right. probably not going to be? What I think you're trying to do is instill a system, uh, probably games three and four for the Browns. Most yeah. teams are every team, but the Browns and the Jets are going to play three the Browns and the Jets are going to play four. So for the Browns and Jets, their third and fourth game are probably going to be more of their showcase games. Yeah. So they'll, they'll mix in some of those starters. They'll get them some game reps. They're probably not going to expose them to injury or, or things For like sure. that. Now it's impossible to completely avoid injury, but I think the Browns are going to uh, give those guys a little bit of run in the preseason, probably play them a quarter, maybe a half at most uh, just to get like some timing against a real legit defensive unit. So the Browns next week, are actually traveling to Philadelphia and they're going to be like scrimmaging with the Eagles. So I think that will be a really good challenge because obviously the Eagles, the NFC champion last year, they're that's going to be like more of a controlled environment where both coaches can say, Hey, let's try this situation or let's do this. Whereas the game won't actually be as, as relevant as those in season, you know, preseason practices with each other. So we'll see. So, we talked about the good and the Browns roster does look deep, which is great because before I think we're like, wow, you know, that John Kelly or someone like that would have been like, man, let this guy needs to be our backup running back before. Now it's like, is he going to be our, is he even going to make the practice squad? You know, like they're like our offensive line. There was guys that were playing the second and third string that have started like 20, 30 games in the NFL before we would have been like, thrown in undrafted free agents that have guys no that just NFL up this morning. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now we're getting guys with experience with playing time that know what they're doing and can get after it. So um, unfortunately let's talk about the bat a little bit. There were two uh, injuries um, that I don't know how long these players will be out, but Alex Wright, a third round pick last year and Isaiah Thomas, a, I believe he was a seventh round pick last year. They were both defensive ends and probably about the fourth, fifth, sixth guys on your on your roster there with defensive end. They were banged up a little bit. I don't know the status and how long they're going to be out, but I know they will be out for at least several weeks. So that does hurt the the depth at uh, off our defensive line. So I'm guessing they're, they're going to look to bring in a veteran there. Um, also, Cade York, the very what first the field goal heck? attempt. Um, and you could see the conditions were perfect. There was no wind, no weather. The field was great. You know, no paint got in the way of the field right. this year. Um, and, you know, the the snap was good. The hold was good. And he, he just, he missed it. So field, any, any comment from him or the coaches yeah, about it or just. I, I, th I think they have confidence in him. Um, but until we start seeing it consistently in games, um, the fans are going to question it. So I think he's got to just keep doing what he's doing or, or not doing what he's doing. I don't know. Um, but Bubba Ventrone is the Browns special teams coordinator now. And by all accounts, this guy could be a future head coach. So I think he's going to figure him out, but he's got to figure it out because yeah. the Browns are going to be in some really tight games. I have a feeling this year and the margins are so slim where, you know, one kick or one extra point or whatever might make the difference between a win and a loss. So 
Shall get see. it out of your system in preseason that's, and go super consistent when it matters. That's that's kind of how I look at it too. And then the ugly Anthony Schwartz. <laughs> um, and again, like we said, I it's just kind of almost laughable at this point. His very first time he gets the ball, it's an end around and gets hit, and the ball is is knocked out, and he he fumbles, and you know the Jets go down and score and it's like you can't do that in a regular season game you know i get it's preseason whatever don't put too much stock in it but this is your chance to shine for a guy like anthony schwartz a guy like david bell a guy you know on the defensive line or a fifth safety that's on the team or whatever whoever it might be this is your guy's chance to shine and if they don't take that opportunity it could be um you know cut or practice squad or whatever versus making an NFL roster and making yourself a lot more money too. So um, I don't know. And these guys need to also showcase their talents if they want to play possibly on another team, get picked up by a team that maybe needs a wide receiver, needs a safety, whatever it might be. So what's your, uh, we've, we've spent way too much time talking about Anthony Schwartz on this show, but what is your uh, thoughts on, Mr. Schwartz. So I, I think that he was involved because last year, because he was the speedster, like mm-hmm. we didn't really have a stretch right. the field guy. So it was worthy to keep him around just mm-hmm. in case he get in a scenario. He could run great routes yeah. and he could get up there fast, but now we've got some competition in the speedster thing. There's yeah. no good reason to take a risk on someone who's proven can't protect the ball. Doesn't have the hands. Now, if he's on the sidelines and I always see him with a football in his hands, practicing not dropping it. Yeah. And that's one thing, but I don't think the guy gets any better. I think he's proven that he can't. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't want to say he's not working at it. He obviously is an NFL player, draft pick. He's obviously worked at his craft. He's just maybe, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's whatever, but the Browns can't afford to goof around with that uh, this year. They have a win now roster and, you can't be messing around with um, projects. So maybe they can get him through to the practice squad. Uh, maybe he gets cut. I don't. I don't know what it is, but well, I, I don't see him. Stefanski is real big on when somebody does something boneheaded. He has them go back to them mm-hmm. to build the confidence back up. Sure. And so that's my fear is that he had a bad game and he's got it in his head. Yeah. So the next game. They're going to go to him again. Mm-hmm. And that puts a lot of pressure on the dude. It's yeah. a sink or swim kind of a Right. Yeah. I I think he is in his own head so much yeah. that it's like past the point of fixing, at least with the Browns. Yep. He might go somewhere else and, and be successful, but the Browns can't waste much Not more time on him nope. as a project. So uh, we'll, we'll leave that there with the Browns. This is what the AFC North has this weekend. Now all the other NFL games are going to kick off. Um, so the Browns will play at home against the Washington Commanders, which, by the way, they got to rebrand that name now that there's a new team owner. Commanders has to be one of the worst names in all the sports like a nickname so got to get rid of that. Uh, the Bengals will be at home versus the Packers this Friday. Uh, on Saturday, the uh, uh, Ravens will also be home. They'll be hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Friday, the only team on the road this week in the AFC North will be the Pittsburgh Steelers as they travel down to Tampa. So, um, Joe, 
I wanted to do, we were talking about tiers. We were talking about over-unders. So I went on uh, a betting account and looked at the over-unders for every NFL team, wrote them down, and I broke them into five tiers. So we're going to start with the tier one teams. These are teams with a win total of 10 or more. Um, and I want us to go through and just, you know, we don't have to analyze. If we analyze all 32 teams, we're going to, you know, be here all day. But we're just going to kind of give a quick uh, over-under on what we think for win totals for each team uh, this year. So, And mine is not going to have any reasons for it other than that's, emotion. Like, but you know what? We'll see based on how we do, and, and we'll plug it in. I have actually, full disclosure... You're going to laugh at me because you always joke it with me like I should be in Gamblers Anonymous or something. <laughs> but in May, so I had about 500, I had a little plus 500 or more in my betting account. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to be betting on Major League Baseball. And like, I just want to be take a little break from from gambling until football season. So what I did was I took all that money and I did 54 $10 bets, I believe, on college football and NFL futures. So I did all $10 bets and I'm like, you know what? We'll just let it ride, see what happens. So I've already made a bunch of bets for the NFL season, but for the futures, So over unders on teams. And, um, I did that in, I think it was the end of May, early June, but I wrote them down. So do you get better odds those. when you do way in advance before, not necessarily, but like sometimes if you think you're smart, you can be like, Oh, well, I think this team's going to be good, but maybe they don't see it yet or something like that. Right. So not necessarily. And most of the time they, they hold pretty true, but if there's an injury or something or a free agent signing or a trade that could, that could sway it one way or the other. So let's start with tier one. Okay. And these are all the teams with 10 or more projected wins in the NFL this year. So let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, let me explain real quick to anyone that might not be a gambling aficionado. The minus in front of it means, so everything's based on a $100 bet. So if you bet $100, hypothetically, let's just use the Chiefs as an example since they're on top. If you think the Chiefs are going to win over 11 and a half games, so 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, or 17 games, you would have to bet $145 to win 100. Make sense? Yep. If you bet $100 on the Chiefs and you think they're going to win less than 11 and a half games, so 11 down to zero, you would win $125 on your $100 bet. So that's the way they put the juice in, the odds, whatever you want to say. So let's take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs, 11 and a half over or under for you, Joe. I'm going with under. Under, okay. I have the over for them. Cincinnati, 11 and a half. I'm going over. Well, we are opposite here. I went under. I have the Bengals actually going 11 and six this year. Uh, Philadelphia, 11 and a half over. I also had over on that San Francisco, 10 and a half over. I also had over Buffalo, 10 and a half. Oh, I really like them. I'm going over. Okay. I, I can't remember what I did, but right now I'm going over just because I think that's the right bet. Um, and then Jacksonville, I'm going under. Okay. I actually, uh, stayed away from this one because I think I, I will. I think I had them going 10 and seven, so I didn't want to push. So um, I'm going to I'm going to just call a straight up push on that one because I didn't bet it. 
All right, let's go to, uh, so that's tier one. That is the teams with a projected 10 win total. Again, I broke these into five tiers. So we're going to go now is, into what, can tier Can I ask you two. something real quick? Yeah. So what about Cincinnati? Don't you like for going in this year? Well, I still think they're 11. I still think they're going to win the division and going to go 11 and six. Uh, so I do like them, but I don't love them as much as maybe some of the people that think they're going to go like 13 and four and stuff like that. So it's hard to win in the NFL. It's right. really hard. And Joe Burrow's health, um, he could be fine. He could be banged up. I don't know. But to me, that just screams, pump the brakes a little bit. I still think they're going to be good. They got the best wide receivers in the NFL. So I'm going to just say under. And because I think 11 wins is still a lot, okay. you know? And I still think they probably win the division. Uh, but we'll we'll see about that. Okay. All right. Let's go to tier two. Tier two are teams with all of these teams. All eight of these teams are um, have nine and a half wins. Uh, so let's start with the uh, Dallas Cowboys over under nine and a half wins. Oh man, this is a tough one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. Okay. I am going over on that. I think they're a ten win team. Baltimore. I'm going under. I went under, under as well. Yeah, that's a hopeful <laughs> under for both of us. The New York football Jets. Man, you can't go wrong with Mr. Aaron, so I'm going over. I am going under on that. I think the Jets are very hyped this year. Mm. I don't know what it is, but we'll see. They were just <laughs> terrible, so they need, they need help. Yes. <laughs> the Detroit Lions. Okay, I'm under. Under. I... Like the Lions, I, I I don't know. Oh, Ralph, by the way, yes. Ralph uh, just posted a comment. Did you see me? Ralph was at the, uh, he was at the Hall of Fame ceremony. He was wearing the Joe Thomas jersey and he was uh, wearing an orange jersey, I believe, 73, the Joe Thomas jersey. And they put him on camera. He had to be on there for like 30 straight seconds. <laughs> so uh, props to you, Ralph, because I, we definitely saw you at the Hall of Fame thing. Very cool. Very cool. Um, but those, oh, but by the way, those Browns jerseys that they wore there for that five-year span, those were pretty, pretty awful, awful jerseys. But I'm glad we're back to the traditional ones. Um, all right. L.A. Chargers, I'm nine going, and a half. I'm going to go over as well. The Miami Dolphins, this is a tough one. Yeah, it depends on. It's the health of the quarterback. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go under because I, I don't have faith. I also went under just, I, I think they're going to be right around that 500 mark, nine and eight, eight and nine. I don't know, but we'll see. New Orleans. I'm going under. Under. I'm going to go over with the Saints. I don't really have a good reason, but I'm going over. And the Browns. Over, baby. <laughs> Are those hopeful overs? I think the Browns. Okay. So I think the Browns floor. I think the Browns floor is eight wins and that's, you know, health of the quarterback and miles Garrett and all that stuff. Nick Chubb. I think their ceiling is 12 wins. So I think they're going to be somewhere between eight and 12, nine and a half is a pretty nice number. So I think the Browns can easily 
be a 10 and seven team. Well, you know what they did to us last year is like all the ones that we said, it's a for sure, put that one in the win. Yeah. They found a way to jack it up where it was either a close game mm-hmm. or they, they pissed it away. Yeah. And then the ones that were like, yeah, this is going to be a challenging one. It wasn't really. Mm-hmm. So they, I can't use that logic for right. the Browns for some right. reason. And I think we're all a little bit hope, hopeless romantics with yes, Browns. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough it's a tough thing being a Browns fan, but I actually think it's weird because the national talking heads, whatever you want to say, the Colin Cowherds, the you know, the get up ESPN shows, they were like really sleeping on the Browns. And I feel like all of a sudden there's been like this little wave of like, have you guys seen this roster? It's really good. And honestly, the Browns have maybe a top six, top seven roster in all the NFL. Um, if you go one to 53 and it's totally coming down to Deshaun Watson, his, the way he plays will be the way the Browns go, but the Browns defense, I think will be much improved. I think Watson will be much improved. I think the receiving core will be much improved. So I'm not going to use the word. I'm not going to use that that place we all want to go at the end of the season in February. I'm not going to use those two words, but I think it's a possibility. He said yeah, it. Those words. Said it. Yeah. Ralph's words there. I'm going <laughs> to let him say it. Not me. All right, let's go to tier three. This is kind of the middle pack. These are a team with um, like right in the middle here. So the Pittsburgh Steelers lead, under. <laughs> lead this group off. Now <laughs> here's the thing. Mike Tomlin has never, ever finished under 500, ever. He's gone 500, I believe, once, eight and eight. But never in however many years he's been coaching have the Steelers finished under 500. I think this is the year. I think they go eight and nine. I'm taking the Steelers under nine. And you're going under as well? Okay. The Seattle Seahawks. I'm going with over. I'm going with over on that. I I really like the Seahawks. I think Geno Smith was not just a flash in the pan. I think he's going to be a really, really good player for them. The Minnesota Vikings, eight and a half wins. Coin flip, but I'm going to go over. Okay. Joe's going over. This is, to me, one of the hardest teams to predict because I just don't know. I think they're trying to rebuild while they have a ton of talent. So I'm going to say... Over. I'm going to say nine wins for them. The Atlanta Falcons, eight and a half wins. I'm going under. I'm going to go. I'm going to go under reluctantly <laughs> as well because of the starting quarterback position. I really don't know that I think believe Desmond Ritter is going to be their starter, but they have they have a lot of talent on that team. The Denver Broncos, one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL last year. They are at eight and a half wins. So I'm going to go under just because I hate Denver and always have. Sure. Okay. I'm also going to go under because they're in a really tough division with, you know, with all the, uh, with all the um, chargers and the chiefs, obviously in that. So that was tier three. We're going to tier four. Now tier four are all these teams are seven and a half wins. So let's go to this, the Chicago bears. Let's start off. Justin Fields, Seven and a half. What say you, Joe? Under. Joe's going under. I, I mixed these up. I am going to go over. Oh. 
Uh, I like, I think Justin Fields, this is his breakout year, and they finally got him a few weapons there. The Green Bay Packers, they have been good for so long. Now they had one little down season, and, you know, it's still around 500. But uh, what say you about the Green Bay Packers? I'm going to still go over on that. Okay. It's a tough one to predict, but. I feel like that NFC North division, all the teams are going to have like eight or nine wins. Yeah. Um, I am going to go under with the Green Bay Packers. I think they're a seven-win team. The Carolina Panthers. Hmm. I'll go under. Don't like that call, but I'll go under. I'm going to go over on the Panthers. I think Bryce Young, the number one pick in the draft. I think there's a lot of talent on that team. And I think the NFC is just a weaker conference, so I'm going to go with them. The New York Giants, who made it to the playoffs last year, knocked off the Vikings. Yeah, I'll go over. You're going over. I'm going to go under <laughs> just because All I don't, right. I, I I think they're a little overrated. Uh, the new England Patriots, Bill Belichick, seven and a half wins. We'll go under under. I'm going to go under as well. The Tennessee Titans. This is a tough one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go over on this one. Joe is going over slightly. So, over. so Joe's probably going like eight, eight and nine. Yeah. Um, I think that's a weak division they're in. So I'm also going to go over. And then the Las Vegas Raiders. Basement dwellers. I'm a, I'm under. Yeah, we're both under on them. So that is tier four. Now we're going to get into our bottom feeders <laughs> of the NFL. Oh, at least based on predictions going into the uh, 2023 season. We're going to start with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. These teams are all six and a half wins, except for the bottom feeding Cardinals who are four and a half. So let's start with the Colts over I'll go, under. I'll go over. Okay. I'm going to go under. I, I don't know why. I just, I don't like it. The Washington commanders. I'm going to go under. They're going to go under. I am also going to go under the Los Angeles Rams. They're all over the place. I don't know. I'll just, I'll say, I'll say over barely. Okay. Joe's going over. I'm going to go under. Uh, you know what? No, I'm also going to go over. I second guess myself. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm under. Under for sure. You know who their quarterback is? I have no idea. It's Baker Mayfield. No, come on. <laughs> they, that Right now it's Baker Mayfield. <laughs> right, yeah. He's going to be cut before this. Yeah, it, it could be Sporty McDukes by the time <laughs> we get there. We'll see here. The Houston Texans. Um, I'm going to go over. Ooh, Joe going over with CJ Stroud. I'm still going to go under. I love CJ Stroud, but I just don't think that roster is good enough yet. Um, and the Arizona Cardinals, four and a half. But it's only four and a half. They yeah. can accidentally do yeah, that. Yeah, you can like, go, you can go five and five and twelve and, and still so I'll go over. Okay. Joe's going over. I'm going under. Seriously. Um, yeah, I have the I I put in another bet, degenerate anonymous, um, <laughs> of uh the Arizona Cardinals having the number do, one. Do pick I need to start draft. putting the 800 gambling line on <laughs> we the screen? Might have to. If we get a um, if we get a gambling sponsor yeah. for the show, that would be great because then we could just have it going down. And then um, you have to read all those like 800 numbers. Like there's every state has a different one, but yeah, just bet responsibly, folks. So the the 1.5 billion dollar lottery did you play? I did not. I did. Did you win? 
It's tonight. Oh, <laughs> and even if you do win, don't tell anybody. No, no one's gonna. Know. Not even <laughs> Joe. Joe's like, not nah, and when you come in like flying on a private jet, like down here, <laughs> get out on no, your hoverboard. You never know. Like I'll hide it so bad. Yep. Yep. That's fine. That, I, be proud and don't tell anybody. You Zero know? people. Take that. Take that to the bank. Literally. Yeah. Like half. At least half of that money. Mm-hmm. Invest it. All right staying with football but going to college football um let's go with the pac-12 the big 10 the the craziness of college football the pac-12 you know pac-12 you think how many teams does it have it has 12 right usc washington oregon um utah oregon state ucla washington state arizona cal arizona state stanford colorado right 12 teams. The Pac-12, as of now, has four. Four teams left. Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford. USC, bolded for the Big Ten. Washington, Big Ten. Oregon, Big Ten. Utah, Big 12. UCLA, Big Ten. I got a question for you. Yeah. So your kids, when they enjoy sports yeah. in a couple years from now, yeah, they're going to say, like, Dad, why does the Big Ten have 44 teams? Mm-hmm. And why does the Pac-10 have negative five? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, <laughs> I have a feeling there's going to be a rebranding in the near future. Someone suggested this. I can't remember who or I'd give them credit, but I thought a cool thing would be if somehow the Big Ten adds two more teams and you have one tier of the Big Ten and another tier of the Big Ten, and you have 10 and 10. That would be kind of cool. So if you add two more teams, whether that's Stanford and Cal, whether that's Florida State, which I've heard, I've heard Clemson's name, I've heard, you know, lots of different names. Notre Dame is kind of like the one everyone wants uh, for money purposes, but it's a little crazy. Like 20, 18 teams is a lot for a conference, especially in football, where you play 12 regular season games a year and maybe nine or 10 at most conference games. So, so we'll see. Look at the map of the Big Ten. This is the map of the Big Ten anymore. And just, you know, you had that big mis- Midwest footprint. Now you have the Upper East Coast with Rutgers. Uh, you have the Pacific Northwest with Washington and Oregon. You have the Los Angeles area with UCLA and SC. People thought it was crazy when Nebraska came. Nebraska is like in the footprint of the Midwest. Now, it's all over the place. So, and do you see that meme at the top there? I thought that was great. Everywhere the light touches Simba is the Big Ten. But what about that shadowy place? That's the South. You must never go there. <laughs> but uh, I think, I think Florida State or Miami is probably something uh, the Big Ten would like to capitalize on because you want that like you want to like dip your toe into the South a little bit, get some of that fan base and it's it's good for recruiting and whatnot. But I don't know if it's whether it's good for recruiting and it's good for college. Oh, it's good for those programs. It's not necessarily good for the whole college football. So I don't know what to think of this. I like I kind of like when it it was 10 teams in the big 10 you would play nine of those teams you'd play every team you know or in the the big you know big 12 or whatever you there might be a couple teams you don't play every year but 
you're playing most of those teams and then there's conference championship game, you know? Um, but it's like, that's just not the way college football is going. It would be so cool if we just had like, instead of like three or four big conferences, if we had like six or seven and they were all regionally based. And then with this new playoff system that's coming up, but that's just not the yeah, way it would make it more works. sense. If you did like the big 10 East, the big 10 West, the big 10 South, you know what I mean? Yeah. That so way. that's maybe what it might be pods. And so maybe you do have, uh, let me go back to that real quick. So maybe you do have, uh, you know, and you got to somewhat keep traditional rivalries in place. Like Michigan and Ohio state need to play each other. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska so if, you took, and Iowa. if you took everything that was big 10 right now, and right. just drew a box around it from Tennessee North, put everybody up there as the big 10 East or Northeast sure. or whatever. Sure. And it took all your Florida and your Georgia's and, and down there, then you have your Southern and then I don't know, be tougher for the Western side because there just aren't as many big schools right. out that right. way. So, so, but the end all be all with this is going to be money. It's yeah. all about the TV contracts. It's all about the money because the big 10, the big Ten's looking at this. Like I know Rutgers sucks, but we got the New York City market. I know Maryland's not that great, but we got the DC market. I know uh, Washington is a good team. They're not a great team. I know Oregon's not always great. They're they're a nice brand, but that gives us the Pacific Northwest. Oh, now we got the LA teams. We got Chicago. You know, it's like that. The Big Ten really has the biggest media markets in the entire country, with New York, Chicago, LA, and then you throw in. You know, Columbus is a big market, really the whole state of Ohio. Um, Michigan brings in the second most viewers than Ohio State. Um, yeah, you have a huge footprint here. So I don't know. And so if you go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. If you were forced yeah. to kick two teams off of the island and they're no longer in there because yeah. they're just garbage to watch, who would you pick? Rutgers. They'd be gone. Um Rutgers and you want to say Maryland. I kind of do, but Maryland basketball is pretty good. Uh, I might have to say that's a tough one. That's a good question. Rutgers is gone. Man, who else would I take out? I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say reluctantly Illinois. Okay. Even though that's a traditional Big Ten team. Um, I don't know. I, Rutgers and Maryland probably make the most sense because the four West Coast schools are bring a lot more to the table. Right. But Rutgers is gone regardless. <laughs> now we can, <laughs> we can argue about getting, who the, I feel bad because right the now they feel has. very picked so, up. But, but that is a what, – what would your teams be? If you could kick I, two definitely out. Rutgers and man, that's a, that is a tough one. I, I might go. Oh, I'll leave it up. Northwestern. Oh, maybe Northwestern. Yeah. yeah. I might go Northwestern. Maybe Northwestern. That's a, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah. The, the purple yeah. threw me off on the map there. So here are, here's a look at the power five conferences and what they look like now. So as it stands today, today is August 8th, 2023. There's a lot could change, but there's four independent teams, Notre Dame, Army, UConn, and UMass. So those teams are not in a conference. But the rest of the Power Five conferences, as it stands now, SEC has 16 teams. The Big Ten has 18 teams. The ACC has 14 teams. The Big 12 has 16 teams. And the Pac-12 
has four teams. Mm. So none of the numbers actually match up right. So there's there needs to be some rebranding. And the Big Ten kind of got clever because it just looks like the word big. <laughs> but the one and the G kind of makes it look like the number 10, you know. So they they might have some clever way of of doing that. Southeastern Conference, that makes sense because there's no numbers in there. They are mostly in the Southeast, so that fits. Atlantic Coast Conference, that mostly fits. Big 12, there's not 12 teams anymore. Pac-12, not 12 teams anymore. So hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but my theory is you only do this for football. You cannot have Rutgers softball playing or Maryland tennis playing at Oregon on a Wednesday night in the fall. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not practical. And Unless football subsidizes the jets that they take to take them back and <laughs> yeah, forth. And that's right. it. But it, it's, it just doesn't make sense no. for the student athlete. And it's cool to play those teams maybe once in a while, but like they shouldn't be on your schedule every year. Right. And, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, here's uh here's another one with like, hey, Big Ten, come on, bring those Pac-12 schools on. <laughs> SEC is loving it. NCA doesn't give a shit. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah, you know, Pac-12 is just unfortunately dead. So that's kind of where we're sitting. Uh, real quick, look, this is the uh, preseason top 25 college football poll. Uh, you can see a lot of familiar faces up the top. Georgia is number one. Michigan is number two. Ohio State, three. LSU, four. Alabama, five. And then other Big Ten teams in there. You got Penn State. Well, USC next year will be in the Big Ten. They're at six. Penn State at seven. Uh, Washington, a future Big Ten team at 10. Uh, then you got uh, Ohio State plays Notre Dame. They're at 15. Uh, they play Wisconsin. They're at 19. They play Iowa, who's at 25. So that's a pretty brutal stretch this year for Ohio State. But uh, what's your biggest disagreement on there? What Honestly, um, I don't know. I think that's a pretty good list honestly uh people must like Tulane that's kind of cool that they're up in the top 25 um some of the other teams I haven't done a whole lot of research I'm gonna say Texas is probably overrated uh at 11 I'm gonna say they're they're too high I would and I actually my sleeper pick outside of those top five teams for the national title and it's not that big of a sleeper but I like Florida State at number eight I, I think Florida State can have a really really Nice year this year. So, so we'll see. We'll see. But uh, that's where we're at with that. Now, I'm going to attempt to play this video. We're going to see if it works. But if you're a Cleveland fan, now the Cleveland Guardians, unfortunately, are probably out of playoff contention. They've, they're, you know, they got injuries left and right, but they got a really big win this weekend. A really big win this weekend. And it came on Saturday night. And let's go ahead. And let's uh, attempt to play this. Nice hit. Good connection. Good night. I mean, Tom Hamilton's call is amazing. Tim Anderson started the fight. Ends up. <laughs> and watch him just drop <laughs> Jose Ramirez is like 
the nicest guy in baseball. And for him to do that, you know, Tim Anderson must have really, really pissed him off. So there are some great memes from over the weekend. Um, Jose Ramirez gets a three-game suspension but will appeal. So hopefully that's knocked down to one or two. But people might say, like, well, why did that fight even start? Tim Anderson is an instigator, and he uh, pushed a guy off the bag the, the night before. He talks a lot of trash. He tries to get under, like, the younger guy's skin a little bit. So Ramirez did not do this unprompted. You know, there was a lot of uh, leading up, a lot of jarring up to this. And, and, and Jose Ramirez finally said, I'm sick of this. We're done. But I love this tweet by the Cleveland police. We are following up this morning on reports of a man knocked out cold last night at the court corner of Carnegie and Ontario. We are interviewing approximately 35,823 witnesses. So, so good. <laughs> um, but then, you know, Jose Ramirez is, um, agent tweeted out a photo of him in the boxing gloves just so good jose ramirez like right up there with joe thomas goes down as a a cleveland legend and you know this is a guy that took less money to stay with cleveland he's one of the best players in baseball he is by all accounts like just a great great dude so love to see it unfortunately he gets suspended for a little bit but you know he will uh he will serve it and be back and my prediction yeah. is that uh, MLB is going to be really attracted to what fights bring to the game of baseball. <laughs> and it might be hockey. We're like in the seventh inning stretch. Yeah. Let a couple of guys duke it out a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like, like a $20 fine for yeah. it happening. And think of the fans that would flock to the seventh inning. It was, uh, it, I mean, and then I wasn't at the game, but you could hear just the chance of, like there's that Jose, 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 Jose. There's that. And then Tom Hamilton's call of stuff of legends. Um, just so great. But um, so we're not going to talk much about the Guardians, but I wanted to talk about that. Um, we will have now. I'm not sure what we're going to do about high school football. We're going to let the people that focus on that kind of do that this year because they do a great job. Um, but maybe we'll talk a few bits and pieces about some high school football games of the week, but we will talk plenty about the Cleveland Browns, the AFC North, the NFL. We're going to talk plenty about Ohio state, uh, Mount union. We're going to talk plenty about college football in general, and we're going to talk a lot about the YSU penguins this year. So a uh, lot to look forward to this fall. We will have plenty of uh, stuff coming up. Here are some upcoming shows. Thursday, we have the best names in college football draft. That's going to be a fun one. Um, next Tuesday, we're going to talk Ohio State offensive Mount Rushmore. Next Thursday, the defensive Mount Rushmore and all-time greatest Buckeyes. Uh, we are also going to be featuring Steve Hellwagon of 24-7 Sports here in the next couple of weeks. He does a great job covering Ohio State. He was at the uh, you know NFL Combine. He's been at practices. He he's like right down there with uh, feet on the ground, boots on the ground, if you will. So he does a great job covering Ohio State. Also with YSU, I've been in touch with uh, FC Nation Radio, and they are going to be joining us in the next couple of weeks discussing the Penguins' outlook for the 2023 season. Uh, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about the Mer Missouri Valley Conference, which is a murderer's row in college football. So uh, the Penguins were picked fifth in their conference this year, but that's nothing to slouch about because South Dakota State, North Dakota State, Northern Iowa, and North Dakota are right there in front of them all 
perennial powers in um, the FCS. So a uh, lot to look forward to. And uh, we wish everyone, <laughs> before I get to that, I might have got a little peek at that. But this is going to be how I think. I think I'm going to start concluding the show with this. Now, Joe, we all we love you. But there's one Joe out there we can all agree to hate on. And that's Grandpa Joe. So I want to wish everybody a great weekend, a great rest of your week. And we wish everyone out there a great day, except for Grandpa Joe, who <laughs> never forget, sat in bed for 20 years and let his family wallow in poverty, but immediately hopped up like an MFR to go to a chocolate factory. And like he was letting Charlie buy his tobacco. He gave him so much false hope. He, I mean, Grandpa Joe, one of the greatest all-time villains in movie history. I will, I will sing it to the rooftop every day that uh, until Grandpa Joe is known as a villain for everyone out there. So I, uh, at some point, we're going to do a breakdown on just Grandpa Joe, and, uh, and we're going to go with that. But don't forget, that guy was bedridden for 20 years. 20 years and immediately starts tap dancing like he's in a Broadway show. Exactly. Yeah. And think about how disgusting that bed had to be. Poor grandparents in there, not moving around. There's got to be like bed sores and all that crap. And Grandpa Joe, see you later. But anything else to say before we close out? Nope. I think I'm going to close out with that every week. I really do. Whose idea was it to steal fizzy lifting drinks, by the way? Grandpa Joe. Joe. Yeah. Yeah, almost gets Charlie chopped up. Yeah, Jerk. yeah. All I mean, there's so much, so much. Wanted to want already, you know, go back and uh, sell that Slugworth. thing to Slugworth. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna have plenty more to say about Grandpa Joe going forward. So for this Joe, who we like, not for Grandpa Joe and the rest of you guys, we appreciate you guys watching. Make sure to like, follow, share, subscribe to Youngstown Studio and all that stuff helps us out and grow and follow the 330 Sports Show on social media. You guys have a great day and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. If you like our programming, we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow our Facebook page, or subscribe to your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. This is original Youngstown content, and we